you guys have some sit down for media and imagine he just comes out like talking shit like screw damon jackson i'm taking his head off <laughs> can you imagine that uh, what would you, how would you react nah, if he just starts talking crazy shit again out of nowhere <laughs> i would probably laugh with him like whatever he's saying i don't know what do you think of the fight and do you think volkanovsky comes back too quick is he you know is the return a little soon I don't know, man. You know, everybody heals up differently. And I think in October, is, just for reference, when you look at the body of work for Max in your weight class, like I don't think anyone's matched it. Like, who do you think is the featherweight goat? Do you think it's Max, Volk, Aldo, maybe Connor? But I don't I don't see that. But who do you think is the featherweight goat? Um, I would say I would say uh, Aldo. OK, for now, Aldo and then Volk and then, you know. You know, Holly's there. He's right there with him. So. How are you guys doing? What's up, man? What's going on? I just left the gym, actually. Just did uh, some grappling. Uh, I'm headed up to, I left the Dallas location. Now I'm headed to uh, Lakeside location. So. You've been, yeah, yeah. I can see you've been grinding, man. You've also been doing a lot of the coaching, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot, a lot of coaching. I got some, uh. My oldest daughter's got dual state this weekend, so uh, yeah, it's a pretty big one for the team. So hopefully yeah. they, they come. Yeah. I see you working hard at Fortis MMA, man. I love how you got the kids' classes, and then like right afterwards, you got like the adult class. Like, what a difference that must be, right? Literally within like an hour of each other. Yeah, uh, it's good. It uh, you know, it gets the family involved. That family aspect of uh, the kids are in there working out, and the parents come in sure. right after. So, uh. You know, it's definitely it's it's good 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 little mix for sure. Oh, of course, man. Anything involved with family, it's got to be awesome, right? Um, when you're teaching two classes like that, how different are they, right? You're teaching the adults, then you transition over to the kids. Like it's got to be like a whole world of difference. Yeah, honestly, man, I like working with kids better. Um, it really? seems like yeah, the energy is always good, and then um, you know, it's like you're one of the first people that are showing them this move, so they get real excited and stuff. Uh, some of the adults, they kind of feel like they act like they already know what they're doing and stuff, and they don't listen as well. So uh, definitely like listen to work with kids. Well, I'll tell you what. I thought you would have said the other answer because, you know, maybe adults are easier to understand stuff and all that. But, hey, touche to that. It's funny, too, because my brother is a cop, and I always ask him, I'm like, what's who's easier to pull over? Is it the older people? Is it the younger people? And I would have expected the older people. I mean, yeah, the older people, because I would think a lot of young people, like, they're hot-tempered. They drive like assholes nowadays. But he was like, no, it's actually the older people. They always give me a hard time because they're, they're stubborn, right? They're like, oh, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. So I'm sure you get a lot of that. It's quite similar to that in a sense, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. So as far as coaching, is that, like, your favorite thing to do outside of fighting? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I definitely love it. Um, I Selfishly, like, I love competing myself, though, so – um, I really love competing at any level, and uh, that's something that uh, is always kind of like you know I, I either I'm either all in when I'm coaching or I'm all in when I'm fighting. So um, yeah. you know my, my wrestling season will be uh, be it'll be coming to an end uh, like at the end of February, and like the first week of March it's done. So uh, that gives me a little bit of time to really just set like set some focus on the fight uh, as soon as season's over. Yeah, it's it's good. Yeah, absolutely. When you are done fighting, are you just gonna like transfer to coach full time? You're gonna become like the next Javier Mendez for for Azahabi, <laughs> chase greatness and coaching. Yeah, I, I definitely love coaching. Um, it's something I can definitely look forward to. Uh, 
you know, and it's something that it, uh, the energy is just different. You know, I like coaching my kids is like one of the coolest things in the world. And then, uh, you know, getting to, to be a part of all they, they, they all wrestle, which is kind of crazy because I have four girls. And uh, so I never really I saw the one of them just had their first weigh in. Right. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I, you know, I would have never thought that I had, you know, four girl wrestlers. It's kind of weird. So it's it's just so different. And now it's like they get to experience all the things. I'm. It's cool cause being a part of like them getting to experience all of my experiences that I had with wrestling and with, you know, the, the grind and stuff. It's just um, it's cool to be a part of it for sure. I bet you never thought you'd have four girls, period. Right. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I didn't really think <laughs> when I had my oldest, I was 19. So I wasn't really thinking about kids. Uh, it was just. You know, it's funny to see how it plays out like that. So, yeah, now that we're on the subject of it, we are going to get into the fight stuff, but just about that, right? As a father, seeing your kids take a liking to your world, I mean, that's got to be special to you, right? What does it mean to you? Yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, all the hard work I put in, um, you know, them getting to be a part of that, it's been really cool. But then now um, that they have the option, they have options to, you know, they can play basketball, they can wrestle, they can do anything. And it's like, yeah. they all have, they've all chosen what I am most passionate about. So, um, you know, it, it makes me not feel as bad for missing, you know, time with them and stuff. Cause they, it's like, they understand, like they see the work that I put in and, you know, it's cool for them to be a part of that. And, um, you know, now with me opening a gym and stuff, um, they've been there since day one, obviously. They've got to see me go through um, that process of opening the gym and running the gym. And, you know, they're a big part of that. Absolutely. And the good thing, too, is if, you know, your daughter ever runs into a, or any of them run into some obnoxious, uh, you know, boys someday, then they could just beat them up themselves, right? It'll spare you the trouble. <laughs> yeah, uh, they can handle themselves for sure. There you go, man. Well, that is important for them to be able to handle themselves, all jokes aside. So I think that's cool. Um, When you're going through a couple losses, man, right, both inside the octagon and obviously outside, you know, we saw what happened in the recent years. Um, How much do you lean on your family in those moments? Like, is that is that your main support system? Yeah, you know, it's always been. Because um, it know, seems like you got a great like family. That's why I asked. It seems like you got a big, a nice big family, man. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it's just like, definitely they're um having the having them there has been it's been awesome but yeah um, you know, it's like it comes with pros and cons too it's like you know they don't they don't want to be um you know down with me you know when i'm down so it's like whenever i'm really really down i just like you know they're always there but i don't i try not to lean on them too much just because i don't want them to i don't want them to i don't want to bring them down or anything like that so mm. um I'm just kind of had to you know cheer up get on past it and move on so yeah, absolutely. Right. That that also makes sense, too. Um, So let's get into the fight stuff. Right. Speaking of, you know, the bad times and whatnot, this is the first time in your career you've had these back to back losses. But I mean, you're definitely a resilient guy. This I don't think I think this is the first time in your career that you have lost fights back to back. Right. Like usually if you lose, you sort of bounce back in the best way. Right. You know, as someone who has been able to bounce back so much, like, again, back to back losses is, is a very new thing for you. Is that something that's helped you throughout your career or loss? Like, have you been very good at bouncing back from them? Because someone, when you look at your record, it's indicative that you do bounce back good from a loss. Yeah, I mean, definitely I've never had back-to-back -back losses. And, like, you you could argue that my last fight, you could say that I won and he won. Like, very close can, fight, you know, man. It was, it was yeah. such a close fight. Yep. And so um, there's a lot of pros to that. And um, just kind of like looking back at it, I was definitely not as focused as um, I could have been and what I should have been, 
it should have been. And, um, you know, like I just have, you know, I've grown a lot from opening this business and this last few months has just been crazy, like, you know, nuts. And so now things are calming down and I've, you know, I've got my, um, I've got my focus back on, you know, what I wanted to be on and, um, you know, things are going a lot better, but, uh, yeah, it's been that right before that fight, it was just a crazy, crazy time, you know, getting everything rolling and, um, a lot of stuff going on. So, uh, it's been nice to just kind of get back to my normal focus of training. And, um, you know, I feel like right now I'm feeling really, really healthy and really good with my wrestling again. My, my pec is completely uh, healed up good. and, uh, you know, I feel, I'm feeling really good. Well, that's, I, I think that's, could be better in a sense, right? When you are able to pinpoint what went wrong, right? Cause a lot of times if things are rolling, everything's going well, but you're taking L's like, and you don't know where it's coming from. That could be a real problem, right? Are you at least happy to know that, you know, maybe it was something you could have done more things that could have gone differently. Are you at least able to, is there some peace of mind knowing that you're able to pinpoint what the issues were and now you're able to perhaps correct them? For sure. You know, it's definitely something that, um, you know, it's, uh, like you, you, you have to be ready and you have to go through whatever in life, but, uh, you know, some things you don't have control over. So it's like with, uh, you know, just shifting my focus from the business side of things to, you know, to fighting and the finances yeah. and everything else. It's like, um, you know, it's just a lot to catch up on. And I feel like I'm finally starting to, you know, get the hang of things. And, um, you know, I think that this next few, few weeks is going to be really important for my training, but, you know, just finishing out the wrestling season and getting, getting to have a hundred percent focus on myself for a few weeks before the fight would be nice too. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, look, that Quarantillo fight again, that was so close. I mean, when I was looking into it, I was like, maybe, you know, maybe a split decision for somebody, but what did you think at the end of it? Did you think you did enough to win it? Yeah, I really did think I won. And, you know, even like going back and watching it, um, I definitely felt like I won. But um, I would never sit there and, you know, bitch and complain about that. Like, I didn't finish him, so I didn't really win. So it's right. kind of one of those things where you got to go out there, you know, get finishes, and then you don't have – you can take that out of the equation. But yeah. I didn't do that. So And, you know, I don't know what my – my finishes are pretty damn high. But I think it's like 19 of 22 I've finished. So, mm -hmm. uh, you right. know, I just – didn't um uh, didn't get it man sucks but you know i'll be ready for the next one uh it's a, it's a great matchup and you know a tough matchup but it's a great matchup for sure i think the fact that you guys didn't get a bonus pissed me off board to be honest yeah it was kind of weird that night it was like um like they instead of giving out three bonuses like they normally do they gave yeah. it out five and it was because they gave it out to everyone that finished the fight but um you know if they were to, to do the old school like five of the night, seven of the night, you know, knockout of the night, whatever, then we would have definitely got five of the night. Cause that was, you know, we were the definitely the most exciting fight on the card, but you know, just, you never know. You never know what they're doing. So. Yeah, that was definitely weird, man. But look, I mean, look, you started off five and one in the promotion, right? Best promotion in the world. Mind you, like, I, I think you're going to be all right, dude. I mean, what, you're still a couple fights over 500 even, right? When you have a fight like that, do you lose a little bit of confidence maybe immediately afterwards or do you still recognize like I'm still I'm still a very good fighter. Where are you at after a loss immediately? Uh, you know, it just depends on the loss and how it happens and true. everything. Yeah. So um, you know, like if I was in there and I didn't have answers for what was going on, then um that would be a problem. But I don't know what happened. My body it just like um it's it was kind of weird. I had a pretty good weight cut. And so um, you know, like 
going into that second round, I like my body just like froze up and I could not keep my freaking hands up. I couldn't like function for a little while. And I think that's the biggest reason I lost is because of how bad my posture was and stuff. So, um, mm-hmm. um, you know, just kind of like, you know, when you don't have answers and you're losing and you, you know, you can't listen to your instruction from your coach and things like that, then I think yeah. that it's kind of, maybe you're losing some slack and maybe it's time to call it quits. But for me, I don't know what happened that fight. I just got, you know, got in a weird spot. I came out so good in the first, I, I, I was doing everything that I wanted to do. Yeah. And then, uh, starting the second i was doing pretty good and then i just guess i don't know what happened it's so weird and then coming out in the third it was just um you know it was a lot to catch up on but i feel like i won the first and third but that second round was just so bad that i think that that's why i lost but um you know i definitely you know it was frustrating but um i know where i'm at i you know i fight with some of the best guys in the world uh in the training room and um, the day that I'm, you know, not able to win in practice is the day that I know that I'll be done. So as long as that's going good in my way, then I'll, you know, I'll have that confidence going into my next fight too. So let's talk about this upcoming fight in April. Um, you know, there's still a ways out again, April's like a few months, right? At least two, three months, do, you know, just looking at it, right. Do you, do you think you're going to be able to like stay active after as far because I know when I see you fighting, what I mean to say is when I look at your record, you seem like a guy that when everything's going good, when the ball's rolling, you like to fight every three months. Is that accurate? Man, or, I was, maybe not I, every three months specifically, but you like to be active, uh, right? Because when the ball's was, rolling, yeah, you're active. I was trying to fight. I was trying to fight in November and December, and it just didn't happen. And then um, I was so focused on November, December that um, January kind of snuck up on me. And then yeah. I was like, begging to get on in february and then that didn't happen and i was like man like i don't like i don't get it so you know i just like um i don't know man i, I would like to fight every month i'm training every day <laughs> uh, my weight's always my weight's always good um, i always feel pretty healthy and um i hate doing full training camps it just annoys me like it's like i'm i'm literally ready right now i can fight this weekend like 100 percent. and i was trying to um, get on if uh, Charles Jordan or um, uh, whatever the Weston Wilson and you know all those fights there yep. I kind of felt like someone might pull out I was like ready to go just in case so um, you know I'm I'm still waiting you know if they give me a short notice fight and they need someone I'll step in and I'll take this fight in April so um, you know I want to be active this year for sure it's crazy what a weird sports uh, you know what a weird sport fighting is in the sense of like you really need to have just it all matters about having just that one peak night, right? Like it's crazy how you could have the best training camp, everything can go beautifully, but if on the night, like you said in the second round, you weren't feeling well. It could even be as far as how you feel in a round, right? I mean, it's crazy how you just it's all relying upon just having one peak performance, right? Isn't that crazy? Like you have an NFL season, you got 17, 18 games, you lose this one, you can come back and win the next one next week. Like you're preparing for so long for one night. And if you're just, cause how many days do you wake up? And you're like, I'm not feeling this. Right. But like, you don't have a choice on fight day. Crazy sport. Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely, um, you know, you, you, you like it's, you go all in and you're either on top of the world or you're just at the lowest of low. And it's like, right. it's, you know, it's, you gotta really, um, you know, you gotta make sure you have some good people around you, but you gotta like, really have a grasp like mentally to know that like you know um you know if things go this way you got you you got to do like xyz and like if you go this way it's you know different it's just like you know it's just crazy that you put it all in for one night but you know it's just the 
that's why you have all these fighters that are just so hungry to fight because you know you don't get to you don't get to go out there and do it very often and then when you do get to go it's like you know if you don't have that great performance all you can do is wait for the next one that's all you can think about is the next fight the next fight so um you know I definitely, you know, want to go all in um, this next this next year and just really push it hard and, and just try to get like four or five fights in. But you know, right now it's looking like you know it's going to be a slow year again. So I got to go out there and get some momentum built up with this fight and you know get that big win and move on. Yeah, absolutely, and touche to all that. Um, but but again, it, like, and it's like you could want to fight tomorrow, right? Like it's crazy how it's like you could be in a camp and it's like, Oh, I'm ready to fight today. Like today would be the perfect day, but no, you got to wait for that specific day, but I'll be, I'm sure you, I'm sure you'll be ready for that day. Right. April 6th. And let's talk about that fight. Obviously, Alexander Hernandez, you get the matchup, you look at it on paper. I mean, does it excite you or is it just like, eh, like another one in the books? How are you looking at the matchup? No, I mean, he's tough as hell. You know, he's fought some, um, he's fought some really tough guys. And, he definitely you know, has. He's, uh, He's stuck around, you know, through some tough fights and he's, you know, got beat by some questionable fights. So it's like you can't really get a good read on a guy like that because, you know, he, if he when he lands, he lands good. And then um, if he's off, he's off. And it's like you never know which one you're going to get. So you got to be prepared for that three round banger fight. And you also got to be prepared for him to, you know, come out super strong. And then, um, you know, I'm I'm it's crazy because like I've had this long gap but I've uh since I've opened my gym I've been getting to train so much more than normal and that's why I've been wanting to get um I've been wanting to get back in there because I right when I had my fight I had only had my gym open for a month and so okay um, which was you know crazy time just trying to get things going and then happen to find people to rely on for my scheduling and you know just there was a lot going yeah. on so um, this last few months, I've just been training nonstop. And, um, you know, I'm, I was at Dallas this uh, early this morning. I was in Rockwall and then I went to Dallas and trained, came back to Rockwall now. Wow. And then I have, you know, four classes tonight. And I'm, you know, I'm training almost every time I go to, every time I come to my gym, I train. And every time I go to Dallas, I train. So it's just nonstop and I'm just ready to go. Yeah, I can see it, man. You look like it, it seems like for this fight specifically, there seems to be like a certain another like switch that's been turned on with you. I don't know what it is. Can't put my finger on it, but it's interesting to see. You know what else is interesting, right? When you look at Hernandez, I see an, a, a young up and coming fighter, you know, starting years ago, right? Starts off 2-0 in the UFC, beats quality guys in those two wins. Then I see this guy at the press conference, right, for his, uh, what is it, the 2019 fight with Cowboy Cerrone, and he is talking like crazy shit. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, this dude's talking all this shit. It came out of nowhere. I mean, some of the stuff was a little disrespectful. He was talking about, like, he was going to be the king, this, that, and the other. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to him. I'm just speaking what actually happened. But whatever. Yeah. We get to the fight, and, uh, I mean, the dude got pretty freaking humbled. Like, Cerrone, you know, finished him pretty badly. And ever since then, it, it just yeah. feels like the kids never recovered from that. Right. Like, I don't want, again, I don't want to sound negative, but it's just what happened. But I mean, what a story, right? Like he just comes in and then he's on fire and then it just, it kind of just falls apart. Yeah, man, we almost fought right before he went to the UFC. Uh, me and him almost fought in legacy. Really? And, um, I, it was just something I think it was like he could he couldn't make the weight cut to 45 at the time. And um, that was the reason why we didn't fight. I think I'm pretty sure I don't remember exactly. But, um, yeah, we almost fought in legacy right before he went into the UFC. And then, yeah. um, you know, he made it in and he beat um, at the time it was he beat Benil. Uh, Benil. 
and it was like no one really knew Benil that good. And then now Benil went on that long streak and stuff. And you yeah. know, he fought Jim Miller and he beat Jim Miller. And he beat like, Mercier too, which is the PFL champion. Yeah, I mean, those are his two yeah. first wins in the UFC. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's a he's a tough dude, man, for sure. He's uh he's game for sure. But you know, I think that Cowboys that Cerrone fight, man, that was nuts when he he was like talking so much and he was like you geriatric something. I remember and then I remember him uh cowboy landed that like it was like the the kind of combo you hit on pads he like landed it perfectly on that dude and um bounced the kick off his head and it was just crazy yeah yeah, yeah it was it was crazy man the way that whole thing played out um and since that cowboy fight he's been four and six uh, i'll be honest i didn't know if he would still be in the ufc at this point but when you look at him i mean the potential really is there like i still see a dangerous guy it sounds like you still see that right is that accurate yeah, no, he's definitely dangerous. You know, he's definitely that guy that, you know, he could land that one punch and take anyone out. So very athletic, explosive guy, right? Very, very athletic dude. Yeah. Um, you know, I think he carries a lot of, you know, a lot of muscle coming in. So I think it, mm -hmm. like, you know, he's going to be a strong dude in the wrestling game. He'll be, you know, hard to take down. But, um, you know, he throws, he, he commits for sure. You guys have some sit down for media and imagine he just comes out like talking shit, like screw Damon Jackson. I'm taking his head off. <laughs> Can you imagine that? What uh, would you, how would you react nah. if he just starts talking crazy shit again out of nowhere? <laughs> I would probably laugh with him, like whatever he's saying. I don't know. I, um, you know, I'm not like if someone starts talking smack, like I'm yeah. just going to laugh about it. And I, I know eventually we're going to get in the ring. So it's, you know, it is what it is. So, um, you know, I just like I don't even know. I'd probably laugh if for sure if something he said, but I, I'm a pretty good smart ass. So if it comes down to it and he starts running his mouth, like I can, I can hold my own in that, in that game. But uh, yeah, I, I would definitely laugh. I'm sure. That's not your thing, right? The trash talking. You like to just, you know, show what you got in the octagon, right? Or what? Have yeah, you ever been man. in a fight where it got heated like that? Uh, Not really. Honestly, man, like it's, I feel like that takes two people to do that. You know, if you got one guy that's like, kind of sitting back and like you know the guy maybe says something questionable and, and like you don't get a reaction out of the person then they're not going to keep feeding that they're going to kind of back off you know so you got to have two guys that are willing to like you know sit there and trade words back and forth True. um you There's know gotta be like legit was, yeah yeah i just think that it's you know a lot of times people do that for play and they do it to like get some get some views and whatever and i'm like my contract says this it doesn't say that i've got to you know talk any more shit to get paid more so i'm right. just gonna stick with what's paying me and that's winning fights and staying focused so um you know i just try not to get sidetracked with all that nonsense but is there anything about Hernandez's style that you're like, okay, maybe be careful with that. Maybe let's not feed into that too much, right? Because you did mention he's a very uh, athletic guy, right? Again, he's explosive as well. There's certainly some things you got to be careful yeah. with. He's dangerous. He's a stud. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, he, he's he's a tough dude, man. He's a, he's a very well-rounded um, as far as like his striking game and stuff. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, you got to watch out for his power and his athleticism, you know. Do you bring specific guys in? Like, are you one of those fighters, like, I need to bring in some training partners to mimic what he does, or do you just always prepare the same way? Because, again, for a guy like him with a very particular maybe style, you maybe you want to bring somebody in and prepare for him. Shit, I got some guys in there, some tanks in there that'll uh, come at me, you know, all in. And the young dudes, you know, Abdul, he's coming up. I, 
I don't know when his fight is. I know it's you know I think it's in March. And then um, I get yeah. the EJ Elijah Johns. He's he's um, very much very similar to to Alex as far as like his frame and his athleticism and stuff. Those both those guys are just tanks. And uh, you know I've got plenty of guys to be coming at me like hard like that. So true. Um, yeah. uh, I got plenty of guys, but yeah, I don't bring in anyone outside of camp like normal camp. You know I just make it work whoever's around. There you go. All right. So that answers that, I guess. Um, since you are a featherweight, man, I want to ask you a couple questions here uh, to close out the show about this. Um, obviously, you got about the biggest fight possible coming up in your weight class, right? Volkanovski Taporia for the UFC featherweight championship, UFC 298. You know, I've spoken to a few UFC featherweights, spoken to fans, pundits, whatever you name it. A lot of people, the uh, common thing here is that Volkanovski is coming back too quick. What do you think of the fight? And do you think Volkanovski comes back too quick? Is he, you know, is the return a little soon? I don't know, man. You know, everybody heals up differently. And I think he fought Volk in October, is, just for reference. Yeah, I think Volk is, um, you know, he's a smart dude. And I think that October to February, you know, it's, I, I don't know, man. That's kind of close. But, um, you know, mm -hmm. he knows his body than, better than a lot of people. And I think that once you're the champ, um, you kind of, you have that pressure to like perform every time and everything, but you also have a good group of guys that they want to see you stay in that championship status. So his coaches I'm sure are around him and, um, you know, telling him, you know, you're not ready until this date or you're not ready till this date. And, you know, if you take, you know, six to eight weeks and just kind of relax and really rest your body, you can get past that. And um, so as mentally, as long as he's mentally past everything, then I think he'll be physically, I think he'll be good. Um, Ilya's, Ilya's a tough-ass dude, so it's a tough matchup. And, um, you know, I'm really not sure. Honestly, I, I could see that fight playing out to where it would be a, a tough fight for him. But, um, yep. you know, he's just – he's been in there with some of the best guys, and he's done some crazy things. So I think – I feel like he wins that fight, but I think that you could question and say that it was too soon for sure, but you're only going to say that if he loses, you know, if he wins, then you Very won't true. say a word yeah. about it too soon. That's how it is. You know, people will find, even if it's not the person that's looking for an excuse, like people will find excuses for that loss or whatever, and they'll say that it was too soon and whatever, but um, if he wins, no one's going to say another word about it, so, you know, who knows. Yeah, absolutely. Right. If you wins, everyone's going to forget all about it. That's true. Um, but I am curious as a fighter, right. As a UFC fighter yourself, when you're in a position like that, like who gets the, f I mean, I guess it depends on the team and the camp. Right. But wh who tends to get the final say, like, would you think Volkanovsky got the last say on whether he's going to be able to fight or, or does, does he have to run it by his coaches and his coaches have to give the, okay, do you think? And of course everything's uh, different, right. But what do you think? I think when you put as much trust in working with a coach or whatever, if they tell you something like, you know, what's true and what's not like, even if you want something really bad and it's not the best move for you um, and you have someone telling you that you're going to know in the back of your head that you're not ready for it. And I think that's what, you know, will slow someone down from, you know, taking a fight when they shouldn't be. So, um, you know, I think they probably saw that he was good. He probably felt like he was good. So they, they made the call to go in. So, um, you know, I think if they were in the middle of camp uh, in January or in December and he was getting like hurt in practice or he was like not looking good in practice, they would have figured out a way to pull out of that fight and to do it in a way where it wouldn't look bad. Um, and no one would have no one would have second guessed him. So 
he would have had nothing to lose if he would have just said, hey, I need more time or I'm injured or whatever, then no one would have questioned that, you know, so if he really needed an excuse to get out of a fight, he could have used it. And so I think if he was not looking good and if he wasn't ready, then I think that he would be pulled out by now. There's like a month left until the fight. Um, you know, someone who's very familiar with how camps are structured. Is there still time left in his camp to where some a situation like that could pop up and his coaches say, all right, you're not ready? Or do you think it's been so long now and his camp has been going on for so long that they would have already, you know, monitored and detected something like that? They would have already detected it for sure. And I think is he that, even sparring uh, still? Like is it Volkanovsky do you, are those guys still sparring like a month out still? Or yeah, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, like two like a couple out, more weeks. Probably. Yeah, two two weeks out, you're doing your hardest rounds, you know, two weeks out. So, yeah. um, you know, it's just you got to be around smart training partners and you got to be around a coach that actually, you know, gives a shit about you. So not just the paydays. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure as a fellow coach, you could speak to that. Um, you also faced Ilya back in 2020. When you stepped away from that fight, did you think like, man, this this dude could be a world champ? Like, is his rise surprising to you? Um. No, it's not surprising me at all. Um, I when I was when I fought him, I was surprised of the style he fought me because I when I looked him up, he was before he had he had nothing online, and um, I, like it was literally like he had nothing. I had nothing to watch except for like one fight from like could be tough. two years before that, and uh, so I had no way to really game plan for what he was and everything that I had saw and like looked up. He was just a grappler, so mm -hmm. I was expecting that whole camp. I was wrestling so heavy grappling doing everything ready to go for that and then um he had a, he had a hard level change and i dropped my hands for the defense for takedown defense and he caught me man and then he caught me the body shot and then went back up top and you know i was super confused on his style i did not think he was going to be that guy so but no i'm not surprised after after the next fight you know he had another good performance and then i was like oh this kid's good you know and then he just kept winning so um, when he beat Bryce Mitchell, that was kind of like, yeah, this this dude's he's good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of like you know good fighters in the weight class, I still well, and that's crazy. Tapori's only twenty six. That's insane. But I still think Max Holloway is the greatest featherweight of all time. Like I know Volkanovski beat him three times. I mean, the second one was a clear robbery. Like I'll debate anyone on that. But when you look at the body of work for Max in your weight class, like I don't think anyone's matched it. Like who do you think is the featherweight goat? Do you think it's Max Volk Aldo, maybe Connor? But I don't. I don't see that. But who do you think's the featherweight goat? Um I would say I would say uh Aldo. Okay. For now. Aldo and then Volk. And then, you know, you know, Holly's there. He's right there with him. So I mean yeah. you know, it's just like it's hard to like give that kind of title to someone that's like didn't hang on to it. You know, so it's mm -hmm. like, you know, you win the championship and you hold on to it, you hold on to it, you hold on to it. And then, you know, three or four title defenses and not like you're looking pretty damn good. So yeah, absolutely. So again, as a fellow featherweight, when you're coming up in the ranks, right, and Aldo's dominating, since you did say Aldo, he's a number one pound for pound fighter. He's undefeated for like so many years. Like, at least I would look at it this way. Like, did you look at him almost as like an idol in a way? Like, did you look up to a guy like that coming up? For sure. You know, definitely. I mean, it's hard not to. Like, you got to have somebody to look yeah. at. And so um, for me to like look at Brock Lesnar, you know, something like that, it's, it's not the okay. same style. Like, Heavyweight fighters compared to like featherweights, it's just a different style. So, sure. um, all all my idols have been like close to my weight class. Like GSP was probably the biggest idol that I had, um, and the up, like highest weight class. 
Yeah, I kind of liked Anderson Silva, but I never was. I never had his speed and his style. I wasn't good, but with GSP and Frankie Edgar, I just loved how tough Frankie Edgar was. I loved that GSP had wrestling. Yeah, you know that was just awesome. He had a really like he was very conscious and aware of his you know defense and offense. Like he right. had really good technical stuff, and Frankie Edgar was just so he had so much heart. He was a wrestler, and um, you know Matt Hughes like. Those are my guys that I'd say my idols. Brian Frankie Edgar was amazing. And I'm from New Jersey, so I got I love Frankie Edgar um, for sure. So I got a, one more yeah. question for you, right? You've been in the UFC now since 2020. Um, if you had, you know, a few words, just a couple things to say about summarizing your time there, what would you say? Like, how has your experience been in the UFC since 2020 now? Overall, just in an overall sense. Yeah, man, it's the greatest promotion uh, period. You know, like, Everybody talks smack and says whatever about there's no damn co promotion, like, right? There's no co you know, promotion here with Bellator. You UFC's number one, yeah, 100%. And um, they give you the most fights for any like promotion. Like, you might go to Bellator, but you only fight like you might get paid more per fight, but you're only going to fight once, maybe twice a year. And the UFC is like, you know, if you got the momentum going, you're fighting as much as you, you much as you possibly can, and yeah, um. You know, the paydays are there. The the views are there. So as long as you're, as long as you're doing things right, um, you know, outside of the cage, like you, you're gonna be good to go, man. It's like UFC's where it's at, and I couldn't be more happy to work with them and you know to to be with them, you know, at this part of my career. Hundred percent spot on. Uh, I should probably be careful because I do interview a lot of fighters outside of the UFC, but it's okay. I'm just you guys get what I'm trying to say. Don't take offense to it, Damon. Nonetheless, thanks for taking some time to come on the show, man. He's taking on Alexander Hernandez April 6th. Definitely a fun matchup, an intriguing matchup. You're definitely not going to want to miss that one. But, Damon, thanks again, man. Yeah, thank you.